calling out to the Atascacita community. It's time for your Atascacita Library advanced copy. Get your notes and news now. Hello, Atascacita community. It is December 12th, 2020. In this episode, we'll talk about an unexpected database available to our patrons, a few upcoming virtual programs, and visit with staff in a 2020 year review, Library Edition. It is the season of many seasons and traditions honored by many traditions. Isn't language fun? Same word, different meaning. Like the word Atascacita has two sounds the letter C can make only one little O apart. But I digress. Honestly, if there was a personal tradition, it would be my ability to digress. While I'm not the queen of non sequitur, I'd say I'm perhaps a duchess in that particular realm. But back to the seasons. No matter what you're celebrating this month, even if it's nothing at all, the library can help you out. For instance, did you know that we have a DIY database? It is the Hobbies and Crafts Reference Center, access supported by the Texas State Library. To visit this database, go to hcpl.net, select eBooks and Online Resources, then under Research and Learn, select See All. This will take you to our full list of available databases. There are so many to choose from. But to get straight to Hobbies and Crafts Reference Center, select Do It Yourself, Hobbies and Crafts from the left side filter. The Hobbies and Crafts Reference Center is the second option down. You will need a library card to access, but if you don't already have a library card, you can get one online as well. The Hobbies and Crafts Reference Center offers articles on gardening, crocheting, cake decorating, winemaking, sailing, scuba diving, and gourd crafting? And apparently gourd crafting, plus so much more. Don't miss out. Tis the season to gorge yourself on crafts. Hear what I did there. The Atascacita Branch Library was fortunate to have Kim McHugh, the only certified tea blending master in Texas, from True Leaf Tea Company, share with us her love and mastery of tea for the summer. I am pleased to say Kim has returned to share with us seven tea traditions on December 14th. This recorded program will be posted to our Facebook and Instagram, but here's just a small sample of what you'll learn in that program. Welcome to gorgeous Russia. So here we are in Russia. It's a little chilly, but the tea's gonna keep you warm. Traditions here were forged in times where food was scarce and tea was scarce and most things were scarce. But a lot of places have traditions that form because of those scarcities and you get creative. The Russian people did the same thing. The shortages produced something called a zvarka. Now, zavarka is loose-leaf concentrate tea that's brewed in a samovar. So here we have what they did with this is a samovar is now a non-official symbol of Russia. It arrived from Western Europe. Now get this, specifically with Peter the Great, who was on a trip from Holland and he brought a samovar. So the folks in Russia decided this is a really cool thing. They reworked it a bit and it's the current one that's used today as the non-official symbol of the country uh, for tea drinking. There is a glass. Now there's a glass and it's a piece of metal that goes around the glass. When it comes to consuming tea, I'm gonna cover what this is in a moment again, but this is really important because it's still used today. 
as close as I can get. I need my friend Sophia from the Russian Cultural Center right now to help me with this, but I believe it's pronounced paste konyuk. Kind of close. But what that is, is the piece of metal surrounding the glass, and it's still served today on trains. If you go on a really fancy train or in a really fancy household, they will still have these. They're absolutely beautiful. Uh, so with this, however, this was done, as I said, it was created in harsh times. So they created a very strong concentrated tea in the top. Black tea, uh, we've actually used a black tea from India. We've used other teas in the top. Now, this tea, you would put it in a big mug, but you'd put about this much in the mug. And then you'd fill the rest with as much water as you prefer. Because remember, this was during times when they were lean. This was considered a little bit rude if you took too much of the concentrate. Now, what's interesting is the kiddos could get in on the action of tea as well, and it was encouraged. Children could sit from a saucer. Since this was extremely hot, this down here was heated by fire. It was also extremely hot. Children's little delicate mouths could barely take that tea, but they wanted to participate with the adults as part of the traditions and the cultures. So they would pour a little bit of this in a saucer. So you'd have a little bit of the concentrate poured in the saucer, and they'd add a little bit of water to it to cool it down or to thin it to dilute it a bit, just like that, and the children would sip it. And I keep saying children because adults that do this are considered rude. <laughs> and when I was learning this from Sophia at the Cultural Center in Houston, she let me know as I was sipping it that that's not how you do it. Thank you, Kim McHugh and the True Leaf Tea Company for partnering with Atascacita Branch Library and sharing the love of tea. We also have our story times this month. For the older crowd eager to share in a story, we have Tell Me a Tale Tuesday at 4.15. Also, our famous Tale for Tots program is back virtually. Join Miss Julie for a special story time December 23rd at 10 a.m. Story times are virtual, so please register online at hcpl.net so you can get a link to the event. The holidays are right around the corner, or around the bend. No over the river and through the woods. Whichever it might be, library services will be taking seasonal breaks. So plan your library requests because library services will be closed Thursday, December 24th through Sunday, December 27th, and Friday, December 31st through Sunday, January 3rd. Make your requests online at hcpl.net and pick them up curbside. I think we can all agree that 2020 has had more than its fair share of challenges, and that is putting it mildly. The library world has had its challenges too, and that our core mission is to be there for our community, to provide information within and beyond our walls. The within our walls hasn't happened since March, and we miss our patrons, but we have kept yelling at ourselves like Ross Geller with a couch to pivot. We've taken programs online, providing materials including crafts and STEM kits through curbside service. We found our digital voices in such things like this podcast. As we look back on 2020, I wanted to take some time to revisit the year with staff at Atascacita Branch Library. Hello, Darla. Hi, Beth. How are you? Oh, surviving. <laughs> Excellent. So as you know, I'm looking at a review of 2020. And I want you to think, what will be easiest to remember about working at the library in 2020? The one thing that I think I remember is just the constant, constant change and the resilience that everybody kind of demonstrated 
just because one moment something was happening, one moment we were doing curbside, the next we were closed. We were doing programs on Twitch. We were doing programs on Discord. I mean, there was constantly, it was constantly learning new things, doing new things. And I learned I can learn software really, really quickly when and if needed. So, and I also for 2020, the one thing I like to say is my very last program I did before we shut down was Zombie Survival Guide which was kind of a program where we talk about pandemic preparedness. You and very timely then. Yes, it was one of those weird things. I scheduled this in January because everything was starting to kind of percolate. And so I was like, hey, I've done this program before. It's a really fun preparedness program for kids, for teens, so they can learn about you know how much water you need in a day, how much food, all this other stuff. So I thought, spring break, I'm gonna do Zombie Survival Guide. And what was interesting and what I've done in the past has been a very fun program. Everybody's been very joyful. But when we did it, everybody was very serious because they didn't know for sure they weren't coming back from spring break, but they knew something was going on. So that was like the last program we did live in person. Actually, Teen Book Club was the last one. But the last one I did was Zombie Survival Guide. That's pretty funny. It's like <laughs> this time they were taking it very seriously about what they needed to know. They did. And it was also funny because usually we do an MRE tasting. And MREs are about $80 a box for a dozen. And we all split them up and everything. And they were about $250. So we did not purchase and they were not available. And um, it, was, it was interesting because they took it very seriously. We had several scouts that were there that actually were able to give advice. So the teens were able to give advice to other teens. So it was a very uh, interesting program, and I did not realize I would not see them for possibly another year. <laughs> just to backtrack, just in case anybody doesn't know, what's an MRE? Uh, meals ready to eat. They are used a lot by the military. Uh, hunters use them and things like that. They actually have, I used it, I've also used it in science classes because they have a little packet with them of water, and it has basically was kind of like iron filings in it, and you mix the water and the iron, and it oxidizes and produces heat. And so it will actually cook your meal. They usually have spaghetti, chili, different things like that. And it'll cook a full meal for you. And they always have uh, a little bread, usually Skittles, because Skittles do not go bad easily. So they usually have a great time with that, but people are already starting to hunker down and there were none available. Supply and demand. So yes. Of what are you most proud or happy that happened, even in the middle of this chaos of 2020? I am really proud of our at a Teen Zone Discord server that we formed. We were trying to find a platform where the teens could connect with each other and we could do programs. And I'd been on Discord before. So when they gave us the go, the go ahead to do Discord, I'm really excited about our server. We've got about 30 teens. We have continuing story going on, we have chats, we have memes, and it's been a real sense of comfort to them during this time. So we have our regular programs on there, but we also have, they can just go on there and talk to everybody, talk about superheroes, talk about video games, talk about anything they want to talk about. We even have a program called Talk It Out, where they can just talk about what they're thinking about, talk about what they're feeling right now. We had one teen that asked me one time, is this our 9-11? Is this something that is, you know, an event that is completely life-changing because most of them were either babies during 9-11 or weren't born. So they've been through a lot of trauma and I think this has really helped them deal with it. And we have kids all over the county. We have kids from Northwest, from Freeman, 
uh, all over the county that have actually joined our Discord, hang out, play games, do the book, uh, teen book club. And it's been a really amazing experience. So you um, made a little digital community right there. We did. And we're going to continue it. Even after we're doing in-person programs, that allows kids from all over the county to be able to attend our teen book club or attend our K-pop club and everything like that and do, you know, they can, and we're going to have a, we're going to have an actual meetup at one point. So like have a Saturday where they can all meet up and see each other in person. And at a con. Yes. <laughs> what did you learn about yourself? And what did you learn about the library during the year? I learned I can learn software really fast. There were several times when we were doing Twitch where we got, we were like, hey, here's the software we want you to use. Download it and next week you're doing a program. And so I, I learned that, you know, given, given the opportunity, I can learn how to do anything <laughs> very quickly and uh, learned how resilient we really all are. The library is an essential service. We, you know, we may not be able to have contact with people in person, but we've meant a lot to people. People will keep message us, people message us on social media. And, you know, we always think we are an essential service, but we love the library because we're librarians. But, you know, it's been a sense of comfort. The crafts we hand out, the, you know, being able to get books for people when people don't know what they want because they can't browse, we can help them figure out what they need. So reference services, all this stuff like that, we really have been an essential part of the community. So is there anything you'd like to share with the community? We missed you. <laughs> I miss, uh, the you know, we've adapted to the situation, but I miss going out in the library in the stacks and seeing teens in the teen zone coloring and hanging out with each other seeing the kids playing in their playhouse. It, I just miss the, the, the liveliness of the library and the community that the library has built, being, you know, the programs and story time. And it's just, the library is alive when people are in it. And I really miss that. I mean, I love my coworkers, but you know, you walk in the light, the stacks and you know, there's one or two people in there. And I, I miss that. I miss the, the, the energy that we get from you guys, from, from our patrons. And I miss the interactions. We, you know, wave at you when you pick up your stuff, but I miss, you know, you telling us about your lives. I miss seeing all the little kids coming out of story time and so excited about the crafts and the books and everything. And I miss my teens more than anything. Uh, you know, we get to see each other online, but it's not the same as seeing each other in person and talking and just hanging out and having fun. And so, yes, we miss you. Yeah, and I really like that phrase, the library is alive when people are in it, and it's so true. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for sharing with us today, Darla. It's great to hear from you, and I know we will hear more in the future. Yes. Hello, Kimberly. Hello, Beth. How are you? I'm good. First of all, what do you think will be the easiest to remember about working at the library in 2020? Well, the obvious answer is that there were no customers here for the most of the, most of the year. Uh, for several weeks, we did work from home, and that was an entirely new experience for me. Working from home was awful and awesome at the same time. <laughs> How so? Uh, well, uh, for example, I loved my commute to work, which is which really was about 20 feet instead of the 20 miles I tend to drive. I probably saved hundreds of dollars on gas and car maintenance. My co-workers during that period of time were my cat and dog, and they could be much more distracting than my human co-workers <laughs> tend to be. 
My human coworkers never demand food, walks, playtime, or to sit in my lap or belly rubs. Despite those little furry distractions, I feel like I accomplished quite a bit when I was working from home. But, you know, as the weeks went on, I really desired to get back into the library. Uh, surprisingly, I craved human interaction from people I did not live with. I also grew tired of being stuck in the same chair all day. Because you see, in my normal job, I'm up and down all day long. And I move around the library. But when you work from home, you don't really have a reason to get out of your chair. My doctor wasn't really happy about that. I can imagine not. So what are you most proud or happy that happened? Well, you know, some of these days were really stressful, especially during the summer months. The summer is a really busy time normally, just because we have summer reading program. But when we finally got to open up for curbside service, we had to really quickly learn the best practices for the curbside, the book bundles, the food bank, and running an election during the closure. And then on top of that, do all the virtual programming and offer the summer reading program incentives. It really was a lot to juggle, but I'm really proud of how we adapted to the demands of our job. And I really have some fabulous coworkers here. I do have a fun story to share. And Beth, you know this one, but our audience definitely hasn't heard this. So here's a fun story. I was volunteered by my best frenemy who happens to work another branch to dress and act as Harry Potter for a library video. So I put on this costume, borrowed an amazing wig and applied some makeup to transform into Harry Potter. I posted a selfie of myself in this costume to my personal Facebook page. And it was so good, in fact, that my own parents didn't even know it was me. I had this selfie printed out and it was stuck on the wall behind my computer station. And months later, here I was training a brand new employee. And she looked at that picture and she saw these different pictures of me in this costume and she pointed at it and she said, who is this person in the picture? What a weird time to be a new hire because this poor woman had never seen her full faces and she didn't have any clue that that was me in the picture. Yeah, that was a, definitely a new experience. So what did you learn about yourself during the year and what did you learn about the library? What did I learn about myself? I always kind of imagined I would really love working from home and I did for a little while, but then it just got old, really, you know, I just wanted to get back. What I learned about the library, I really, really want to be in the library more. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to share with the community? Uh, we are here and still eager to serve you, even with what's going on now. We're here, we're doing all these different things. We have lots of resources. We want you to utilize these resources. So don't forget about this. Keep, keep on coming. We're here. Fantastic. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Hi, Marissa. Hello. How are you doing? I am good. Great. I want to know, what do you think will be the easiest to remember about working at the library in 2020? Oh, so the easiest would um, definitely be very early in the 2020 year when we had to work from home. <laughs> that was very different, um, especially since I'd never worked from home before mm. this year. Just trying to work, especially like with the library, because so much of what we do is dealing with the physical books. Right. <laughs> so that would probably be the easiest to remember is definitely working from home, but then also not having any customers or patrons to serve really inside the building. Yeah. Um, Cause we are still closed and it's been a whole, almost a whole year. So <laughs> that, that will be the easiest to remember is that a whole year I 
went without really seeing anybody uh, patron-wise. So Very weird. Mm-hmm. Yes. Of what are you most proud or happy that happened this year? Oh, uh, happy. Um, I'm really happy that we were still able to um, come together and really just work the same way we have always worked. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing, nothing has really changed about that. The only thing that has changed is, of course, because we're still closed, we can't actually service our patrons face-to-face, but I am extremely happy that we were still able to provide um, all of the same services, um, and even more, I would say, um, to the public, because now we've done so much programming that I feel like I really have a good <laughs> programming repertoire under my belt. Yeah. Um, so I'm really happy that we were able to still do that. What did you learn about yourself and the library during the year? Oh, this is a good one. Um, so I really learned that um, I could be very adaptable, um, especially when we first closed. Um, I had my doubts about working from home um, because since I am in circulation, a lot of what I do um, has to do with keeping up with the collection and really just kind of interacting with the public. Mm-hmm. Um and so since we were still closed, I feared that maybe we weren't, we wouldn't be able to do some of that and it would just kind of get stagnant or, um, really just, it just wouldn't be a good, a good time. <laughs> um, but I quickly learned that that wasn't the case. And even, um, when we first closed that first week, um, we really just kicked it into high gear and we started to make a plan on how we could still offer the same services, um, And so I just learned the library was pretty resilient um, and that we were able to just kind of adapt and make all these changes together. And that was really awesome. That's great. Mm -hmm. And anything you'd like to share with the community? Yes. (laughs) Um, I basically, I want to just give a a giant, a giant um, big thanks to everybody who has really just been cheering us on and and letting us know Mm -hmm. through various ways that, um, we're that they love that we're here, <laughs> yeah. um, and that they um, are just so appreciative of the service that we are still providing, whether it's um, via curbside or through our programs online. I'm just really thankful um, that you guys are here for us, <laughs> um, and when we reopen again, I cannot wait to see everyone. So that's great. Thank yes. you so much, Marissa. Thank you. As I think about these things for myself. I want to also take time to thank staff in our administration who had worked quickly, tirelessly to help make the adjustments. Members of Network Services Department helping over 400 people learn to work from home and make programs accessible online. From programs, partnerships, and outreach that supported a quick change to Digital Summer Reading Program, partnering with wonderful organizations in Harris County. The Harris County Public Library team you see out in the branches, but we have a great support team in our administration department as well. From songs such as the melancholy, What Are You Doing New Year's Eve, to the peppy, nearly frantic, this time of year from Frozen's holiday short, Olaf's Frozen Adventure, there is a lot going on. So I'm wondering, what are you reading this time of year? There's the classics, naturally. But do you like to revisit stories from your childhood or explore new seasonal readings? Maybe you avoid festivities altogether. 
For me, I like to revisit stories from my childhood, and there are two in particular. Mr. Willoughby's Christmas Tree by Robert Berry and The Gift of the Magi by O. Henry. As I mentioned in a previous podcast, I really like stories that rhyme, and Mr. Willoughby's Christmas Tree takes us on a rhyming adventure of serendipitous sharing as a tree that is just too large does not go to waste. For The Gift of the Magi, this story was first printed in the newspaper in 1905. It has been told and retold even by Mickey and Minnie Mouse on the spirit of giving. This month, the library has had a virtual storied walk of The Gift of the Magi, so be sure to check it out online. As 2020 comes to a close, we thank you, Atascacita community. There's so much happening in 2021 from the Harris County Public Library Centennial to our own 25th anniversary. We will continue to serve our community beyond our walls, and someday, hopefully soon, we'll see you at the branch again. Have a happy and safe holiday season. You've been listening to Atascacita Advanced Copy music storybook by scottholmesmusic.com podcast supported by a grant from best buy through the friends of atascacita branch library visit full.ws to learn more about this 501c3 volunteer organization